Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a minute and visit mbcocala.com stories to tell us your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Today, we're hearing a message from our series entitled Filter. Whether or not we are aware of it, our beliefs color the way we view reality. They set our priorities, make our decisions, and determine our outcomes. At Meadowbrook, we believe the best outcomes stem from having a biblical worldview. Amen. Help me welcome our internet audience. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. We're so glad all of y'all are here this morning. We had an awesome Easter last week. Just tremendous weekend. We had six services. We had a total of 10,280 people come through. It was a wonderful weekend. And the really good news is we had 90 decisions that we know of, 90 people that made a decision for the Lord. Amen. That's, that's a good news. The other measure of a great Easter weekend is if you got a solid chocolate bunny. If you got a hollow one, that's bogus. Okay. But if you got a solid chocolate bunny, and then here's a really good one, dark chocolate, solid bunny. That's a good Easter. That's a good Easter. Can I get an amen on that one? So, so that's good. You know, people say money talks, but chocolate sings. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and just one other thing that we'll get in uh, as I continue to recover after my uh, accident and everything uh, a couple weeks ago announced to you that I can now clap. And uh, as of Wednesday, I can now tie my shoes. So I guess that's good news. Full disclosure, though, it was tennis shoes. So it's a little bigger uh, shoestring. Uh, dress shoes with those skinny little shoestrings. I still had to wake Alicia this morning before I left and get some help. But she was glad to help me. So amen. Well, you ready to get into the Word today? Um, you got to be ready. You must be ready because we're, we're going somewhere here today. Um, we're in a, starting a series today called Filter, uh, Debe- Developing a Biblical Worldview. Um, this is a, a topic that in very intentionally I will keep dropping into, keep touching on. Um, we had a two-year uh, Wednesday night series called Believe, where we were going through systematic theology. I didn't finish that up because I fell off the roof, but um, we'll, we'll tie up loose ends a little later. But um, it reminds me to back up a little bit too. But um, in that, we talked a little bit about a few of these things. One of our family series, we talked a little bit about this. But it's been a good seven or eight years since we've done a full treatment on worldview. And this is a very, very important subject. And so um, uh, we're going to dive into this for the next, next six or seven weeks. Everybody has a worldview, um, how they see the world around them, how they make estimates of what reality is, um, how they make sense of life, how they set their priorities, how they make decisions about their life. Um, everybody has a certain uh, lens or filter through which they see life. 
on cameras, if you'll notice on screen, on cameras you have certain lenses for your smartphones. You can get apps and Instagram and so forth, different apps that you can have to have filters or lenses that you see through. And go to the next picture there, and then as you look through it, it will change. It will, it will add certain detail or take away certain detail or alter, even distort, depending on the lens or the filter that you're looking through. And so it depends on you know, what you're looking through, how you're going to see things. So with that being said, I want to draw you in real quick, and I want you to, to get this, okay? So if I see something in a certain way, it is because of the lens that I'm looking through, okay? So if another person sees something, now stay real close with me on this so you don't, so you don't fall off on this one. If another person sees something in another way, don't immediately say they're bad. It has to do with the lens that they're looking through. You don't know their story. You don't know how they picked up that lens. Now, the good news, bad news on that is, depending on how you see things, that will determine how you think, and all ideas have consequence. So if you have good ideas or good thought, that ends up with good consequence. And if you're seeing things wrongly, you have wrong or bad ideas, then you're going to have bad consequence. But I don't want us, especially as believers, to immediately call everyone bad because they don't see something the way we see it. You have to understand. Try to understand other people. They see it that way because of the lens that they're looking through. Are you with me? And what we want to help people do is we want to be a bridge builder to people and help them. And I think you're going to see in this series the importance of of us having a clear worldview and why this works and the importance of making sure we have a good, intentional, biblical worldview. This is so, so, so important. And, and we intentionally make this a part of what we teach all over the church. Um, part of my responsibility is to guard the doctrine, the theology of the church, and to make sure that what from nursery all the way through and, and classes and, and everything that we're doing has to fit within a biblical worldview. And so it's a super important uh, thing because how you see yourself, how you see the world around you is going to determine the quality of your life the direction of your life, and ultimately the destiny of your life. And so all of that could be put under the idea of outcomes. So how you see yourself, how you see the world around you is going to determine your outcomes. Quality, direction, destiny, that's your outcome. So if I have a subtitle for today, it would be outcomes. Now, The Barna Research Institute, also Pew Research Group, a number of uh, groups that research these type of things, have come up with some numbers that trouble me. I think they're horrible um, based on their studies that suggest, and this is a 2012 study, that only 4% of American adults have a biblical worldview. Only 4%. And then out of... Born-again Christian adults in the United States, born-again Christian adults in the United States, only 9% of those have a real biblical worldview. If, the, if that's true, then that's, that's tragic. And the onus would be on 
pastors and churches and on individuals. So what it does, it, it fires me up all the more that we must make sure that people are clear, that we clearly define and make available a biblical world view. Biblical worldview. Can we get that on the screen real quick? Biblical worldview. Now, I'm, I'm very intentional to call it a biblical worldview as opposed to a Christian worldview. And in teaching this in years past, I've had people say, oh, I think it should be called a Christian worldview. And, and I, I will oppose that for this reason. Because of the Center for the Study of Global Christianity uh, has estimated that there are 34,000 denominations. So that's 34,000 flavors of Christianity. Further studies show that you can boil that down essentially into 40 different divisions, 40 different flavors, multiplied out into 34,000 different. Have you ever been in one of those ice cream shops where they've got all those flavors? What does it do? It just confuses you. So I just go in like this, Rocky Road, please, two scoops. You know, and they've got those little tiny spoons so you can have a little sample of something. How many of you know that little tiny spoon sample ain't going to get it? It's like, could I have a sample of two scoops, please? And try, try that. But Christianity, I don't think would be the, the title Christian worldview. I think we need to be what we would call bibliocentric, that this takes back to the, the standard would be God's word, the Bible. That would be the foundation. That would be the beginning point, the biblical worldview. So everybody say biblical worldview. So all worldviews um, would answer certain questions. So I've selected just four here so we can start to compare. First of all, wait on me. First of all would be deity, deity. So God or no God. Every worldview is going to answer God or no God. Second of all, would be origins, origins. Uh, were we created or did we, did we evolve or some other kind of something? Next would be uh, human nature. Are we okay or do we need help? Let me just ask you all. Are we okay or do we need help? Well, there you go. And then we got moral rules, moral rules. And that is, I did it my way. Or, you know, we... We can figure it all out or we figure it out as we go or there might be a higher way or there might even be God's, God's way. And so all of these things get answered and there's other questions too that would perhaps um, be a part of any uh, worldview. Basically though, it comes down to this. Worldviews are either going to be theistic, theistic, and we are theistic and the root word there would simply mean God, that God is a part of our worldview. And then anytime you add a prefix A to it, atheistic, the A added as a prefix neutralizes this. And so this would make this without God. So atheistic. So other worldviews would say no God. So some of those would be um, naturalism, hedonism, materialism, humanism. Those would be some of the worldviews. But I want to add in a third that I think is very important for us as the church to discuss, 
and it would be this, practical atheism. Now look at this carefully. Practical atheism are people, and this is why the numbers are so low of 4% or 9% of believers having a biblical worldview. Because what practical atheism is, they believe in God, but there's virtually no change in their life, in their priorities, in their beliefs, in their, in their you know, behavior. They're virtually indistinguishable in their life from somebody who believes there is no God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, talks about a people that are fleshly or carnal, and they still live according to the flesh, or they just live like they want to, yet they still believe in God. And that's a dangerous way to live, and it is certainly not a biblical worldview. We have a whole lot of people, high-profile people in our nation, who tout that they are a Christian. And I'm not going to deny, I'm not in a place to judge that they are or aren't a Christian. But yet, you look at their values, you look at their behavior, you look at those things in their life, and it does not have a biblical worldview. And that would be called practical atheism. Are you still with me? All right. So we look here in Matthew chapter 22, verse 29, and Jesus replied, your problem is, now let me just stop right there. How many of you love it when somebody walks up to you and says, you know what your problem is? (laughs) We had a couple in second service. It was their 68th wedding anniversary. And we had them stand up and we clapped for them and all that stuff. Their name's Joe and Martha. Sweet, sweet, sweet people. I've never done anything for 68 years, you know? (laughs) But I said, I guarantee you they made it to 68 years by them not saying to each other, you know what your problem is, okay? (laughs) So, but Jesus is allowed to say to us, your problem is, and this is our problem. Your problem is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. And I promise you, if you have a problem in your life, the solution is the scriptures and the power of God. And so our problem would be we don't know the scriptures and the power of God, but a biblical worldview is going to take us to both of those. So I want to say to you this morning and for the weeks to come, I am eager and I am unapologetic to present to you a biblical worldview. And an overview of a biblical worldview is that we view, we look through the filter. Everybody say filter. We look through the filter and we view the world the beginning of the world, the people of the world, the problems of the world, the governments of the world, the um, uh, issues of the world, the solutions of the world, and the future of the world, we look at it through the filter of God's word. And that's what a biblical worldview is. And, And we'll fill that out for you a little bit more as we go. When you have a biblical worldview, you're going to have confidence in this lifetime. You're also going to have answers for problems. Notice I did not say that you will have no problems. I want to, I want to make sure you heard me on that one. I did not say that if you have a biblical worldview, you'll have no problems. Did you notice that we're not in heaven? We're still in Florida? Okay. And so, but you, you can have, when you have a biblical worldview, and you'll see why here, even this morning, you will have confidence in life, you will have answers for problems, and this is the other thing you will have. You will have hope for the future. You will have hope for the future when you, when you see 
things through a biblical worldview. You know, I see all at the grocery store the other day, a couple weeks back now, you know, it was saying the world's going to be destroyed by some kind of comet or something that's going to hit, you know, later this month or next month or something. Look at me. That's not the way it's going to go down. So there's probably some old ladies that took that home and they're worried. Well, that's not the way it's going to go down. Well, how do you know, preacher? Read your Bible. And I promise you, it's not going to go down that way. And we've had some things happen over the last couple of years where, you know, somebody said this is going to happen and the moons are going to align and this is going to, and, then, and that is not the way it's going to go. Well, how do you know that? Because the Bible said that's not, the Bible says it's going to go this way. It's not going to go that way. And people get all cranked up about this and usually somebody's selling something. And that's always a giveaway. Anyway, let me stay on track here with this today. So does it really matter? Does it really matter what our worldview is? Can't we, can't we just get along with everybody? Yes, and you better get along with everybody. You're God's people. You better get along. You're God's people. You're not desert dwellers all parched and brittle. You dwell in, remember, you dwell in a land that flows with milk and honey. You're not all dried up. You don't have to boycott everything. You have grace and peace multiplied in your life. You have the power of God in your life. You don't don't have to get all riled up and upset because sinners sin. That's what they do. That's what you used to do when you were a sinner. You can carry the grace of God and be gracious about it and understand people are seeing things through a certain lens and they're never going to be able to see it through the lens like they're supposed to unless you model it like you're supposed to. So does it really matter? Yes. And again, how you see yourself and how you see the world around you is going to determine the direction of your life, the quality of your life, and the destiny of your life. What you believe, your worldview really, really does matter. Look with me in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. In today's English version, it says, be careful how you think. Be careful how you think. Read that with me. Be careful. Tell your neighbor real quick, be careful how you think. Tell your other neighbor, your obvious second choice, tell them. (laughs) That I just caused trouble. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your, by your thoughts. So your life is shaped by your thoughts. Could I also piggyback your beliefs? And if you don't know what you believe, follow this. If you don't know what you believe, if you don't know why you believe what you believe, you are now open to anything. I've talked to people before, counseled people before, and they're behaving in certain ways because of a movie they saw, a song they heard, or a new friend they had. And their whole worldview has been shaped by just something. People's way of life changes based on a poll, something that is trending on TV, or this or that, or Twitter, or social, this or that, or their new friends. And if you don't know what you believe and why you believe it, you're just wide open and you let things come in. And the way our culture rises and falls on values and what they believe, you'll get seasick. And so you have to know how important it is to know what I believe and why I believe it. Because how, be careful how you think. Because your life is shaped by your thoughts. 
So TV, friends, peer pressure, media, polls, a professor, lyrics, whatever it would be, a movie, you, you've got to be careful concerning this because, get ready for this, what you believe governs your life. What you believe governs your life. Now, lock on for this next few moments here. Believe what you believe. What you believe, this is so, so, so important. What you believe determines what you decide, what you decide. I could put in parentheses here how you behave, okay? So what you believe determines what you decide, how you behave, and your decisions or your behavior determines your outcomes, okay? So this could be how I think. This is my world view in essence, we're simplifying this. That ends up, it determines how I, how I decide, how I behave. And then it turns out into my outcomes. Look at me. If you're discontent and disappointed in life, you're, dis, you're discontent and you're disappointed with outcomes. And what what you need to do then is realize that my outcomes that I'm disappointed and discontent with are actually the result of my decisions. And if I'm making wrong decisions or wrong behavior, then that actually is the result of how I'm thinking or I'm believing. But typically what most people do is they're disappointed, discontent with their outcomes And they just follow it back to their decisions. That's as far as they go. And then they just redecide. And that's why they got they've had seven husbands and eleven jobs. I don't know what's wrong with all these men. Every boss I ever had. You know what? And it might be you, precious. We'll get them in next week. But see, all we do is redecide. And the problem is we have error in what we believe and how we're thinking. We're looking through a wrong lens. And it's lacking truth. Something's in error here causing me to constantly decide wrong, behave wrong here, and I keep coming out with wrong outcomes here. Let's look quickly here. John chapter 8 verse 32. Jesus said, and you shall know the the truth and the truth shall make you free. Look with me in Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, 2 in the New Living. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Let's stop right there. Some people are an absolute slave to what the world looks like, walks like, talks like. You know, and and I, I can't be that slave. When I was in high school, I never had the money or the permission. I always showed up late. How many of you remember platform shoes? By the time I had the money and the permission to get platform shoes, they were out. I showed up. And all my friends says, those are out. And I was already six foot two. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. 
but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you, you think. Keep going. Then you will know what God wants you to do and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. Look in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 in the message paraphrase. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. They gave you the total wrong filter and lens to look through. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. Look in Proverbs 29, verse 18, also in the message. If people can't see what God is doing, they don't have that lens. They stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they're most blessed. If you can see through God's filter, through that lens, you're blessed. You're blessed. And you can avoid unnecessary problems. How many of you know we have enough problems? We have enough problems. And we can avoid unnecessary problems and find solutions for the other problems. Listen, there are answers. All worldviews really are about how-to. Let me give you a list here. How to live life. How to be happy. How to raise a family. How to do marriage. Do relationships. Do business. How to spend time. Spend money. How to be happy. Stable. Fruitful. Blessed. How to. And I'm telling you, if you're looking through the wrong lens and the wrong filter, you're going to do it wrong. How to handle conflict. How to handle anger. We all get angry. How many of you had something make you angry this last week? Well, if you're looking through the wrong lens, you know what you're going to do? I'm going to get them back. I know where you live. I don't forget. Wrong lens. And the word of God says you've been forgiven of much, you forgive. Just like you've been forgiven, you forgive. And you don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Jesus hung on a cross to forgive you. You can quietly turn away and be a peacemaker. And you look through that lens, I'm telling you what, God will bless you and protect you and help you. Raising kids, that's a challenge. I thought I'd get amens on that one. (laughs) You know, raising kids, you look through the wrong lens, you're not going to do it right. You know, marriage. Doing marriage, doing business. What about living a life of excellence and, and integrity? You look through the wrong lens, you're going to do it wrong. You're going, to end up, you're going to end up in trouble. But you do it God's way. Well, we're cheating and we're making a lot of extra money. And God, God's way would say, no, do it right and I'll bless you. I'd rather have the blessing of God than some shortcut that you might get in trouble for. And you, look, you just look through God's filter, through God's lens, God's way of doing it. And if you're going to be, if, if you're going to learn how to spend time and how to make something of your life and how to be a person that, that leaves some kind of mark in this life and knows how to handle relationships and how to be happy and stable and fruitful and blessed, I'm telling you, you have to look through the right lens. And there's only one filter you can look through, and it's a biblical worldview. Amen. Amen. So real quick, real quick, 
And this is a whole series, okay? So I don't have to exhaust it today. I've got to get you started, though, on a biblical worldview. So how do we start? Oh, I see my time's up. How do we get started? Well, to start on a biblical worldview, the first thing you're going to need is a Bible. Okay? A Bible. I'm talking about one you use, a Bible. Not a 30-pounder you leave on a table and that you tiptoe by. A Bible. If you don't have a Bible, listen to me. If you don't have a Bible, we have some carts by the doors there. You are welcome to have a Bible. I want you to have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, take a Bible, please. Now, if every other time you come, you forget your Bible and go, oh, I need one. And you take it home with you. Will you please bring back the 11 that you have at your house and in your car? We need them, okay? And if you're a business owner and you drove a Beamer or a Hummer here today, you go buy your own Bible, okay? Okay, just tell you that. Don't mess with me. And help buy some Bibles for some others, okay? You know I'm playing. But you've got to have a Bible. Get one in print. I really fall in love with it. Honor God's word. You're going to honor and believe somebody's word. Honor and believe God's word. And I think it just does you well to have one that you can hold and love. I believe also get it on tech. You know, get it on a smartphone or a tablet or something. The other day I'm waiting in a doctor's office. You know, I had it in my phone, and I was able to have the living Word of God and be able to study. You version, Bible Gateway, there's a number, a number of ways that you can get it just free, and it just blessed me. If you don't have a smartphone and you're afraid of the Antichrist, they are not related, okay? <laughs> Go ahead and get one. Read and study the Bible daily. Daily exposure to and intake of the Word of God. Friendships with other people that have a biblical worldview or are trying to get one. Listen to me, and I'm going to paraphrase the Bible. If you hang out with little fools, you're going to become a little fool. But if you walk with wise people, you're going to become wise. If you walk with people who are trying to honor God and trying to, trying to see things God's way, you're, you're going to do this. You're going to do the same thing. And I want to say this, and I want you to hear me right on this. Please hear me right on this. You need to get yourself in church. You You need to make church a priority. And I want to remove myself as a person out of this, but I want to leave the role in place, okay? I have to say this, so I'm removing myself as a person, but the role is important here. You need to constantly keep yourself, regularly keep yourself sitting under anointed teaching of God's Word, okay? It's very important that you sit yourself under anointed teaching of God's Word. That's important. And then lastly, do your best every day to start making decisions based on a biblical worldview. And I'm telling you what, as you seek to honor God's word, God will honor his word in your life. He said he watches over his word to perform it in your life. I'm telling you the angels of God go to work on your behalf. The Holy Spirit of God goes to work 
on your behalf. And if you're looking through the wrong lens, they're just trying to run interference and hopefully get you over to a place where one day you'll begin to see things God's way. And when you start to see things through that filter, honoring God's word, the powers of heaven go to work on your behalf. You're still going to have problems in this lifetime, but you know what? You can have confidence. You've got answers for those problems. And you, my friend, will have hope for the future. Amen? Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MBC Ocala.